Welcome to episode 14 of Dames Who Game Podcast. I am Shaleen, and I have a lovely panel of dames here joining me today. Sarah Saylor, say hello. Hey, everybody. How's it going? How you doing, Sarah? You know, I'm I'm kicking. (laughs) (laughs) We're looking fabulous today, by the way. Thank you. I love love lipstick. It's very cute. Thank you. And Sherry is joining us all the way from Australia. How are you, Sherry? How's the future? I don't know. I've been, not been outside to check. I've just been <laughs> hermiting. Hermiting is lovely. Hermiting. It's cold and windy, apparently. Mm, okay. Cold and windiness in the future. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Jen, how are you today? I am solid. Solid? Mm-hmm. I, understand. I could be liquid and I could be mm. melting. It's very hot. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> and Jess is with us today. Hello, Jess. Hey. How are you doing? I am great. I'm glad you could join us today. Thank you. And of course, we also have Sarah. Hi. Hi. How are you doing, Sarah? <laughs> well, about as we've shown to be. I'm muted. It's life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. We've all done it. We have all done it. Well, I'm very glad that all of you ladies were able to join us today. I'm really looking forward to hanging out. But before we start the show, I would just like to remind everybody to check out all of the other great content from ASA Podcasting and We Just Love Games Networks. Uh, We have a lot of fantastic podcasts. If you enjoy this one, you'll probably enjoy those too. And of course, I ask you to please share the show with your friends, leave us five-star review on iTunes, share us on your social media, et cetera, et cetera. It helps the show grow, helps us gain visibility in those podcast apps, and uh, and it helps our, our wonderful Game 2 Game family continue to expand. Today we are going to talk about the games we've been playing. We are going to step up on our soapbox and, and rage about a little topic. This one's a doozy this week. This, this one's a doozy. We have some makeup talk. Uh, we're going to chat in the Dames Discuss and talk about some of our favorite nerd culture that we've been experiencing lately. But as always, we are the Dames Who Game and we're going to start off with the games we've been playing. Sarah Saylor, why don't you get us started? Well, summer kind of sucks for us. I mean, like, we, we have to do adult stuff. So I've been playing, you know, Sims 4 Real World Edition, meaning we've been <laughs> remodeling our house. <laughs> um, we, uh, let's see, we've done a bathroom. We're working on the garage. We're getting ready to have some work done to our floors. And then we're going to have to redo the living room and the kitchen. So it's just one thing after another. So, yeah, Real World Sims Edition. No burning down the kitchen. So far, no burning down the kitchen. It is a little questionable whenever my daughter's at home. There was a, a situation. I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast or not. She had been home alone. My husband was at work. I was at work. There was food in the refrigerator. We have a microwave. We have an air fryer. We have a toaster. I mean, there, there, there's plenty of ways for her to make herself food. She's 16 years old. And so we come home and my husband was like, well, why don't we just order some food? We're all tired. And August was like, yeah, I'm starving. And he's like, okay. And she's like, yeah, I haven't ate today. And he's like, why not? 
the toaster was in front of the air fryer. <laughs> really? So yeah, we're a little bit scared for the future. There. <laughs> we went in the kitchen. was like, watch this. And just slid the toaster out of the, <laughs> of the air fryer. So we have not let our <laughs> um, I've played some Predator Hunting Ground because Toby says I need to play new games. He made me a female marine character on there. So Predator Hunting Ground is actually pretty good. Um, not really my type of game, but he thought it was hilarious watching me die a lot. So there's that. I played some actual Sims 4. Not a whole lot of it, but a little bit. You know, I built a house. I, I made some characters. I uh, burned some stuff down. You know, usual Sims hijinks. And I played Call of Duty. That's I have fun. no idea. No idea. No idea. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that sounds great. Did you win? Um, maybe. <laughs> Are you winning, son? <laughs> but again, it was because Toby said I needed to play new games. How did it go? Did you enjoy it? I did. I did. It was fun playing with him because he's hilarious. Him and Bishop, if you, if you hear any noise, it's actually him and Bishop playing Disney Infinity, which and what he likes to do is he likes to do an open sandbox on Disney Infinity and then add in all these, you know, monsters and stuff that you have to kill. And then he flies away because he plays his Boa Fett. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, my son likes to play video games with me just to troll on. Yeah. That's where we're out. <laughs> That's where we're at. Ah, <laughs> oh, that is adorable. I, I find that quite entertaining. <laughs> Sarah, have you been playing any games lately? Just good old Meat Week. Good old Meat Week. Actually, I have something to say about Meat Week, but maybe we'll talk about it later. No, let's um, go there. You said we're definitely going to go there? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, I'm so disappointed in Meat Week, you guys. Oh, why? why? Because it lasts 30 seconds. Because some asshole yes. shows up and pre-games it. Oh, yeah. I can't get there fast enough. I have to be there at like 10 too. You have to start before, like you have to yeah. gather beforehand. Mm -hmm. And the whole fun part was like gathering the greens and mm -hmm. listening to Graham talk and sing and shooting little squirrels. So Will didn't have to do it, you know, like all the fun yeah. stuff. And now it's just. It sucks. So One of the things that's beautiful about Meat Week is the fact that, I mean, why Fosnock is the best because you have so much time to do stuff together, have, have community enjoyment. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Meat Week true. was a little bit faster, but you still had time to actually work together. Now, yeah. when a friend told me yesterday, oh, I'm getting it done in like a minute, minute and a half. I'm like, wait, mm -hmm. really? That's awful. Mm -hmm. What do they do? How do they mess it up? He's like, oh, no, it's great. And I'm like, to me, that's not It does great. suck fun out. It yeah. does. It's, we were talking about it in the ASA chat. I think Jerry mentioned it and I was like, okay, that's the same as the douchebag in Fajnok who, you know, one shots the sloth. The sloth, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that guy is it's a douchebag. For Meat Week, it, I, I wouldn't uh, say anything negative about these people doing it because, no, you know, they're just trying to help no. get a successful event. But I get that, but it's kind of the same feeling. I, I get the same rage, you know, well, from deep inside my heart. Because some people are just yeah. grinding to get the loot and move exactly. to the next big fight. It seemed like the ones that I done earlier yeah. yesterday were better than the ones that I've done in the afternoon yesterday and then today. Yeah. People figured out how to pregame yeah. it. But I'm sorry, Sarah. So you were talking about your Meet Me experience so far. Oh, no, it's just the same. And I don't fault anybody for their play styles. I get it. Everyone wants the backpack. Everyone wants the tenderizer, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's just the enjoyment of the playing. I just play differently. And I guess that's the beauty of a private server is maybe we can get some of our own peeps together and we can do it old school style, you know? That is a very good idea. Mm -hmm. Have a... yeah. 
a community private server meet week event. That would be really fun to just play with people, you know? That would be fun. Yeah. Yeah, This year, who knew? 2020. I enjoyed Foshnock more. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you were, you were a Meet Week queen. You were such a I huge was. fan of Meet Week. I was. Graham's still Graham. The outfits are still cute. Mm-hmm. I mean, how about that Charlie outfit? Have you gotten any good rewards yet? Oh, I love the Charlie oh, outfit. Yeah. I have the outfit and I have the head because Nino gave me the head. Oh, I nice. just have the head and I got the Tinderizer plan. I got the head. The very last one I ran with Frosty mm-hmm. before the show today. I got the head finally, but my previous ones, one fail, three success, nothing, nothing good. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. The only really good thing I've gotten is the head for the Chelly outfit. But I want the outfit. I will buy the Adam shop if I have to, but the dirty one, it has better texture. It just looks better. Yeah. I bought the clean one from the Adam shop. I prefer it. Do you? I got really the do, clean yeah. one too. Mm-hmm. I find those udders really starkingly bright <laughs> yes that's part of that's part of the charm they're like there's troublingly mm-hmm. shall i use the term erect <laughs> really, really, they do protrude really yeah. yes bright. so yeah Howie walked up to me with it and he said your udders are filthy like, your udders are so bright <laughs> like he was yeah the texture of the fabric on the mask is incredible. I was like, Will, so hold good. still. I am looking forward to getting a backpack to go with it to complete my Chelly cosplay. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Still rocking the mini yeah. backpack. I haven't finished the scout thing. The boy scouts oh, are pretty get the proper ass. backpack. I'll have it one day. Yeah, well, and now you can skin the mini ones. It doesn't really matter as much. You know, yeah. you can mm-hmm. make all kinds of fun skins on it anyway. Oh, more stuff with the bigger one, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I finally finished the, the Pioneer Quest back in June after working on them for a year. Yeah. <laughs> it's rough. Only finished on one character, I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Sarah, you were in, you did some queen battles as well, I think. Yeah, yeah. I am just hopping on during random times. And there've just been a lot of um, queen battles lately, and I've been in a lot of them. So it's been good times. You know, you guys know I like to kill big shit. It's my jam. Those battles are fun. They're definitely fun. Whenever we go together, now we got the lunch boxes. We're all throwing up in the air. Mm-hmm. I know. I love the lunch boxes, you guys. They're so fun. Oh, confetti! And I like the jam. I was gonna say I like the confetti oh, effect where you like hit shit and it explodes, and there's confetti confetti everywhere. Yeah, I had that happen, and I didn't know that it was a thing. And, like, I, I killed some super mutants, and it was like, <laughs> So exciting when you first see it. Because I, I have bloody mess on all the time anyway, so I've got, like, rib cages and confetti just floating around everywhere. <laughs> it's pretty That's funny. That's when you dream. do it in melee, you can actually see it. If mm-hmm. you're, it's if, great. Like, boo, it goes too far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super good but yeah that's pretty much it i've just been 76 in it that's all i ever do i did play a little bit of minecraft with my son because he wanted me to play with him and so i was like oh fine like minecraft is not my jam played for like an hour and i actually kind of like it now that i get it mm-hmm. <laughs> now that i understand how it works yeah toby's starting well, to get into minecraft Once he hey, a lot of people he's who have that experience y'all, we're getting him a switch for christmas Oh, <laughs> oh, I love it. Awesome. He doesn't know. August is getting a new laptop. He's getting a switch. Nice, nice. <laughs> Sherry, what have you been playing? I'm still playing Elder Scrolls Online. 
um, a hit here and a bit there. I um, When I was watching some Twitch uh, a few weeks ago, someone had mentioned something about, because you know how Twitch drops some things onto the game sometimes as you're watching them. Some streams have Twitch drops, so to speak, and then you end up with a gift in your game, like maybe a pet or or Ouroboros or, or crate or something with just trash in it or something, <laughs> things like that. Anyway, they were talking about how Twitch drops end up on the same servers and they're wondering if, if you had not, you like you're on the North American server, but if you suddenly visited the Europe server, you'll discover that, that you've got a whole pile up of drop, Twitch drops that you never knew you had on the other server if you got your um, you. games uh, connected to Twitch. And I wanted to check that out to see if that was true. So I did. I, I ended up having an excuse to make uh, new characters on the other on the Europe service, and also made sure there was on. And you know, I have Elder Scrolls on PC, on Xbox, and PS4. So I made sure wow. there was a new character made on the Europe service on P on PC on the Europe server. <laughs> on Xbox and the Europe server on PS4. Because I think the Twitch drops only work if you've got a character established there. Go check the other Europe server or vice versa. Are, are they good? Like, have you gotten some good items this way? Well, when Bethesda had the uh, QuakeCon, <laughs> there were um, like a pony pet Twitch drop and stuff like that. When Bethesda has Twitch drops, they're usually a pet or something. So if you go over to the server, you discover that you also have the pet from other streams. It's usually an Ouroboros crate, which means uh, it's like a crown crate. And then you just you flip the cards and they're usually just potions and stuff, which you can convert those over to um, crown gems. So it's good to, I mean, this is, this is Elder Scrolls Online, but I can assume it's probably the same with other games, probably maybe even with Fallout 76 for all I know. So you can only have up to nine characters on a server. And on my Xbox, I had to, to get every race, I had to buy an extra character slot to 10 characters. For a start, on Xbox, I have run out of character slots. So it's nice to go over the other servers. And it really seems that you do spend time with all of these characters. And I find that yeah. just wonderful. I, I, I love that. I love that you do that. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly. great. Yeah, it's my little paper doll game. Yes. Yeah, so I do enjoy that. Also, um, I was hoping to have more time for this this weekend. My character, Sylvia the Crafter, the character I specifically made on Xbox just to craft stuff for all the other characters, is officially the highest level character on any platform of game I've got. She's level 48 now. Now, the usual um, sort of level cap on ESO is level 50. There's a certain thing called CP points after that, which I have Mm -hmm. no idea about yet because I've never reached that level. But I am two levels away from level 50. And finally, after all these years, so it's now now the journey to level 50 with my character. And if, if I get some time in this morning after having a long nap and that, maybe watching some more drag race, I'll probably maybe hop into ESO you can again. Do, it. do more work on getting my, my character up to level 50 and finally finding out what happens when you get a character to level 50. That's yes, so that's cool. pretty much my gaming in the, in the recent times. Very the cool. Last Thank you, Sherry. Jen, what have you been playing? I've been playing a lot of No Man's Sky. Oh, my gosh. I sit down. I think I'm going to play for an hour, and that is a foolish, foolish thing to think. <laughs> 
because I'll start and then you got to like find a good spot to end. You got to save your stuff. You got to ride all the animals on the planet to see if they're rideable. So um, I've been playing a lot of No Man's Sky. I got to meet up with Ray from the Fallout feed and he gave me some advice and also a void egg. What's a void egg? It is magic. It's going to hatch into a living ship. <gasps> no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he gave me a void egg. It's a living, it's going to be a living ship. I am nowhere near even being close enough to starting the quest yet for that. So it's sitting in my inventory. That's exciting. Oh, wow. So basically it's Moya from, like Farscape. Uh, from Farscape. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. Thinking, oh, my brain was going to Anne McCaffrey. That too. Mm, the live ship. Yeah. Yes. Uh, mine, my brain went to Saga and their, their ship there. And I was, and I think I have settled on um, Gomtu, Tin Man from TNG, from Star Trek. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So my living ship that, you know, solos with me across the sky. So I'm, I'm very excited about this living ship. I got a freighter and I named it Heart of Gold. Oh, nice. Adam's love. And my, my little shuttlecraft is the Ford Prefect. Perfect. And, um, yeah, and I named my little, you have a multi-tool, which is like a mining tool, but also a, um, a weapon. And that is my Trillium. So I'm very excited about that. And I was playing and playing and happily moving along and actually playing some of the quests and not just riding the animals and taking pictures. And I hit a snag. My main quest would not progress. No. I did everything. I scrapped my entire base. I lost all the resources for it. I restarted. I, I, you know, I wiped the game. I'd like, and I came back to my save files and it is stuck, 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 stuck. I tried everything. Reddit said, it's just, it's stuck. I've done everything the quest has asked me for and then some. And I can't get it to budge. So, but I mean... The first time, and I've got a ton of money too, because somebody came by, and people can gift you things when you go to the um, when you go to the anomaly, which is like the lobby area. And someone gifted me five of these things. I forget what they're called, but they're like they're worth like fifteen million units each, which is a lot of money. Um, they gave me five of them. Wow! So I sold them, so I have like ninety-eight million units on this character and I can't progress the character and you can't transfer units from character to character. So I was like, uh, I like to play for the first time. I like to play as the game was intended, you know, right. That's right. First time. So I started another character. Okay. How about the void egg and other items? Um, I mean, that's going to say lost everything. Well, no, it's all still there. I started another character. It's in a save file backed up because I'm nervous and paranoid. Mm -hmm. That's all over there. Um, And I started a character fresh. When I started that first character, I had landed on a verdant planet. So it was all beautiful. I could breathe the air and stuff. (laughs) And (laughs) this time I landed on a caustic planet. And after I got my ship up, the next planet was radioactive. And then the planet after that was extremely hot What a harsh start. It was so hard. And I was like, I feel like, I feel like Goldilocks. 
where is my just right? And then I jumped systems. I landed on this planet and there are deer that are like invented in the imagination of Guillermo del Toro. Ooh. Oh. It's like deer with arms for necks and a hand with an eye in it for their face. They're so crazy and I can ride them. And there's like, there's tropical plants everywhere. I love, they call them Swiss cheese plants, but my favorite is the Latin name for them, which is Monstera Deliciosa, the delicious <laughs> monster, right? So nice. that's what I named the planet because the, the, it's covered with them. So I found my little happy place and I've started over. I discovered all kinds of things because now I'm not freaking out. Like, you know, you start a new game and I'm like, I don't know how to fight. How do I jump? And it, the controls are different than 76, so every time I try to, like, back out of something, I end up jumping in front of people. It's very weird. Um, so, so I'm getting a handle on it, and I'm, I'm riding all the animals and That's enjoying cool. that very much. I thought I found the perfect planet, you know, the perfect paradise planet. And I wanted to set up there, and I tried to. Unfortunately, it had one thing against it. What's that? Predators. Oh yeah, those guys. So I'm trying every time I'm just trying to build and I'll get attacked. I had to give up after that. I'm gonna have to try and find another when I get back to the game I have to try and find another world, which is so it could be hard finding that perfect planet. You, you can you probably might be able to fly to the other side of the planet or find like a different kind of biome on the planet to Oh, to can you on. find different biomes on planets? Well, there's I'm different kinds of areas. Like, yeah. they're all pretty much the same, but you can find different areas. And I know that I'm on a – my old camp was my camp. See, I'm in 76 in my head. Um, mm -hmm. Is on, like, a predator path. I just run inside and wait for him to pass. And all then right. I go back outside again. But, so, um, are predators – can you can you fight them or what's yeah. the deal with predators? Yeah. You can fight them. You can kill them. They can get really annoying. Can you tame them with meat? Oh, I haven't even attempted to get tame any animals yet. I'm not there yet. But I'll have to, next time I'm on, I'll have to attempt to start taming animals. Oh, yeah. Creature pellets. They take only like two carbon. It's amazing. It's amazing. Okay. Noted. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> the plant, yeah. You guys say predator, and I'm like, well, just throw like a, a spinal column at it, and it'll be fine. Because, <laughs> you know. So I've been enjoying, I've been enjoying No Man's Sky and it has absorbed all of my life, well, half of my life. And then the other half of my life is this score in 76. I cannot mm -hmm. stop with a legendary run and the score, my hunger for score is driving me to murder. Oh, really? I've enjoying nuclear winter when i yes. get in there yeah. i set up my camp and i'm like boom i set up my camp let's do this and i will play right to the end and i killed somebody successfully i was very excited about that because they gave me a crossbow and i that's what i use so nice. i i was just so familiar with you know with with the timing on it i killed someone i don't think they were expecting me and then I, I got a 50 cal off of them. And I was like, yes, because that's my other weapon. And I'm ready to go. And I got really bold. And then I died. Yeah. When you get spicy, that happens sometimes. But yeah. that's awesome that you actually got somebody right away like I was, that. Yeah, I was pretty excited. And it was somebody that wasn't after a friend. It wasn't like the right. protectiveness. Yeah. That's usually when you're brave. Over. Yeah. Yeah. Are you still hiding in public toilets, though? I mean, are we still um, doing the hide nuclear winter? Or are you just getting spicy all the time now? 
no, no, I'm hiding. I taught, I taught Dwight to sit quietly at the bottom of the <laughs> dam and wait. Mm -hmm. And I showed him my pacifist run. So I'm still doing pacifist runs, but when it forces me out of the water, then it forces me to make some decisions <laughs> and forces me to kill. So, um, so anyway, I'm enjoying that very much. We don't have the colossal problem quite yet. No. Um, not on the PS4 side. But the other night I was playing with my art club crew. Howie said, uh-oh, you guys got to come down here. I found a colossus. Nice. And it was in the Sundew Grove. Mm -hmm. So we go down there, but Will was already in a silo. So we start taking pictures. It wasn't aggroed. We're all, you know, stealth, taking tons of pictures of this thing. And then he drops a nuke and comes down and took that. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, that incredible picture that he took with the yes. nuke going off in the background. Yeah. So good. So we kited it into the queen fight. And we had a queen, like a Scorch Beast queen, a Mirelert queen, and mm -mm. a Wendigo mm -mm. Colossus. And all of their accompanying spawns. That's and magnificent. I just like to make yeah. a decision about taking pictures or actually fighting. Yes. <laughs> Dwight was tanking yeah. as much as he could. Um, I'm in my stealth suit with my camera. And I'm like, I've got sneak maxed out, right? So I'm like sneaking up. And the, and the Wendigo is stepping over me to move around. So wow. I'm getting lots of pictures of his little indecent butt. And it was quite a fight when we started fighting. Cause we were like, we got a timer going on this queen. We got to get going. We got to do this. So we stopped taking pictures. We all agreed. And we started fighting. I have never had my butt handed to me. Well, it's not true. I haven't had my butt handed to me that badly since I was like level 10, the queen and the, Meyer Alert Queen and the Meyer Alert Kings and the Colossus, like they were all on us at the same time. So we were trying to choose which one to hit. Now that the Colossal Problem event is out and they've tweaked it, even though it hasn't rolled out on consoles yet, mm -hmm. um, all of the Wendigo's uh, Colossi, Colossopotami, have gotten tougher. And so they are also generating their spawns now are generated at level 75 mostly. So uh -huh. they've got a slightly higher DR and hit points, and the spawns are coming in a little bit heavier and, uh, and higher level. So that might explain it. Oh man, we failed the queen for the first time. Wow! I was like, yeah, it flew away. I was like, where is it going? Oh, the timer. There's a timer. Mm -hmm. Because we were too busy taking pictures, but we got some awesome Worth shots. Worth it. Best reason so to fail. Worth Mm -hmm. So worth it. Every, and like the next day, I logged on to do my dailies. Everything was broken. My, I had no no bullets left. My armor is all broken. Everything's busted. And then I go and take a workshop, and I punched a mole rat, and it exploded in confetti because <laughs> I still had that perk active, and it was just – it was a lovely, lovely it's happiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's it. I haven't had much time for anything else. No Man's Sky is um, is a game – it's a it's, – a space that you occupy and kind of right. a life that you have. 76 is a space that you occupy and a life that you have. So, and then I have my IRL life, you know, so I'm very busy. You're living in triplicate. <laughs> I am. You know what Struggle would be fantastic? Is real. It mm. is. If uh, there were more pictures from a No Man's Sky on, on Twitter. I will post them. I posted the one yes, with yes. my new character um, and I saw these ponies. And mm -hmm. they had these lights all over them. 
and I screamed, oh my God, Sparkle Pony. <laughs> I, so that's what I named the planet. And I upload it. After you rename it, you can upload it. So everybody forever and ever is going to know that that planet is called Sparkle Pony. I like um, it. Yeah, it's wonderful. So Sparkle Pony um, was wonderful. And I, and I went to tame it. Even before I even looked at my ship, I went to tame it. And I was riding to the <laughs> ship on this pony. And, um, and then I got a picture of the ship crashed in the background. That's unfixed, so great. unloved, and here I am with Sparkle Pony. <laughs> <laughs> priorities. But priorities. And then the planet that's too hot that I actually did put my base on, I, I built in a cave. You can do that, put the computer in a cave to stay safe from the elements. I did that, and I called it Spicy Pony. <laughs> so <laughs> the ponies you can ride they're beautiful but they are very spicy fantastic <laughs> and Jess what have you been playing well I've been trying lately to uh, get you know more than just 76 in the last few months as you know but this month I failed at that but in a good way because I had a really good month of 76 <laughs> so that's great it's funny camp building this last month, I've, they've both given and taken away. So there were some fun new glitches that happened after update 20 in July, where I was able to float foundations and do some MC escher builds and do some really neat things. And that was really fun to play with. Patch 21 came out, and Patch 21 was a major disappointment for the building community because not only did they fix some glitches that no one expected to stay. I didn't expect to be able to keep doing what I was doing in July, uh, but they reversed some long-standing things that had been in the game from the beginning and uh, that were used for a whole lot of our creative builds. You know, because right. I mean, you've seen the evolution of camps over the last almost two years now, you know, year and nine months. Um, as people have gotten, they've gone from boxes to towers to large pavilions to all the different creative things we do now because we've learned all these different techniques. And this closed off a significant portion of them. So there was a bit of an outcry there. But uh, as has been mentioned, you know, uh, Bethesda did agree that some of it was unintentional. Maybe they went too far, <laughs> whether or not they intended to or not, not sure. But, uh, but they are reversing some of that. So on PC, you guys got that reversed already this week. And on console, we should next week when we get Colossal Problem rolling out. So that's good. But in the interim, it was been an interesting and tumultuous time in the building community, which is probably, you know, building and photography, my two main things in game. And that's the group I associate with the most is builders. You know, we're always sharing tips, doing videos and stuff. And a couple of us, we got together, we tried to find ways around these things, which, which definitely helped, definitely helped uh, <laughs> kind, of, <laughs> kind of quell the masses who were panicking. But now things are better again. So a lot of camp building. Another reason for all the camp building is because I did launch my new channel last month, and we talked about it just a little bit. We had just started last episode. Um, mm -hmm. Been going six months, uh, six weeks now, six months, right? Six weeks, and uh, it's going great. Doing a lot of camp showcases. Um, had some friends on from uh, the Fallout feed and other things. I'd love to have maybe some of your camps if anybody wants to show their camps on stream. You know, so we're doing that three days a week brought back my Appalachia Tonight show and I've had a couple of YouTubers on and stuff like that. And I hope to have an illustrious podcast guest very soon. Hopefully. Um, yes, hopefully we'll see about that. But that's my 76. That's a lot of it is uh, just doing the streams, doing the building, keeping all that stuff going. Score. I've been really into like everybody. I am not, like I said last time, my goal isn't necessarily to, I never expected to finish score. You know, I know it's enjoyable homework for you, Shalene. Mm -hmm. I know it's a checklist for others to do. Get in. This is what I'm going to do. I've tried to let it take over my gameplay because of the fact that I only have so much time to actually play mm -hmm. when I'm not working on specific projects. Uh, but at least two, three days a week, 
I make it a bit of a focus. And, uh, you know, I'm completing, the only one I'm not getting regularly <laughs> is the level up challenge. Yeah. I say that I like the, I like that better than just the, uh, you know, oh, do this and you get some atoms. Yeah. It gives you, it gives you something more to work for. There's a positive negative. Having the, the meta of the board and the cool things we can earn as we go up, that is awesome. Uh, the one negative to it is the fact that if, when you do complete the board for people who felt mm -hmm. compelled to rush it and get to the end as soon as they can just to make sure they got it locked in, now they got nothing for this. Mm -hmm. Right. You know? Yeah, that is disappointing. That's just kind of a reason not to maybe push it. I just really started it this week because I've not been playing, so mm -hmm. I had a lot of fun. My friend Archin has completed the legendary run. Uh, I think he got his last one night before last. Something it was this week. Now he doesn't know what to do. Like yeah, <laughs> it became such a thing. Yes. Like, it wasn't even in the game a month and a half ago, but it was such uh -huh. a, a big yeah. thing. You know, because the daily challenges were always stopgap measures anyway. You know, mm -hmm. and so this replaced it in an even more exciting fashion. And they were a little bit easier to accomplish, but they were still a fun checklist. You could do for yourself. You could do for others. Yeah. Last yeah. night he was like, what do I tag? There's nothing to tag. <laughs> the list is fun. empty. Yeah. I think balancing the grind, Jess, is a, a really smart thing to do. Mm -hmm. I, I can start to, if this went on for too much longer, if I only, if I didn't have only five more levels to finish this, I would start resenting it. Yeah. yeah, I feel the same way. Our friend Jacob has had that attitude. He's like, I want to get it all done within five weeks. And then I just, I'm going to have a break and do whatever, you know, mm. and that makes sense. Play other games, you know, Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning is coming out on September 8th. I am super psyched for that. There are any well, number of games coming out this fall. <laughs> you guys are getting a present for my birthday. Oh. Because my birthday is September the 8th. <laughs> oh, thank you, Sarah. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. It's, it's my gift. You know, I made that call. I was like, hey. You know, my friends, they, they, they need this gift. I don't need anything, but this is for y'all. <laughs> it's good to catch up on your game sometimes. So yeah, Fallout 76, you know, I'm trying not to get too, because it's a significant portion of my life, I try not to get sucked into all these little things to make it also a grind as well. You know, mm -hmm. treat the grind reasonably. By the end of the season, I'll be at least level 80 or 90, and I can buy the last 10 if I have to. Not a big deal, because I need a jackalope door, so I am ultimately going to get it all. But if I, have, Jess. if I have to wait two or three weeks for, uh, you know, the big old broom pushing pose, I think I'll be okay. <laughs> Gosh, I was so excited to get that broom pose. Like, for real. That was, that was the one thing that I wanted. Out of the it's, legendary so absurd. it's so absurd. It's so <laughs> funny, though. But so useful in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It totally is. I've been using it to uh, look like I'm shoveling chally feed. <laughs> that works. It disappears into the piles. I was just, I was over the moon when I unlocked that. And I took Arch in behind the white spring and, and we did uh, poses with the robot who sweeps back there. Yes. Um, with, by the dumpsters full of skeletons. Yeah. And we were all helping him sweep. <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah, it That's was great. Awesome. It was That's great. This is a great way to do it. I mean, I've seen it for curling. I've seen it for all kinds of funny things. <laughs> Just the sheer absurdity of it. Like, I feel like that's why they put it in. You know, there are all these photo mode poses that could be useful, but they're like, nah, nah, we got this. <laughs> we know what you want. <laughs> and it might not be what I wanted, but it's what I needed. So, yeah. Exactly. It's beautiful. And then, of course, there was QuakeCon uh, that also happened this past month, which isn't technically gameplay, but I, I, it was a very big focus for me because for the EWN, we worked on a big video for that. And so I, I spent a couple weeks kind of taking the eight to 10 hours we broadcasted so far and boiling it down to 10 minutes and trying to make it flow. And, and that was played on the main stage for 32,000 people. 
That was and very exciting. It was so, well so done, cool. by the way. It was and a congrats. well done video. Thank yeah. you. Congrats. Like I said, chat, you know, 50% of the people there probably just wanted to see ESO. But <laughs> you know what? <laughs> they still saw our video. So that was awesome. And QuakeCon was a really good time, um, even though it was a virtual convention. I joined the Discord, participated in some of the activities. They had some fun activities like Untimely Demise. They had some Nukeshine runs, just all kinds of things people could join in and play as a virtual convention. So that, that was nice. Sounds a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I was at my brother's birthday party while you guys were doing all of that. Brother, my brother got you guys a QuakeCon, and I'm getting you guys a game. So we're your we're family awesome is family. super generous. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's been my gameplay, Shalina. Besides the room pose, have you been up to anything? Oh well, I've been playing mostly Fallout 76. Uh, it's it's kind of taken over my life. The the hunt for score has become just a, a compulsion in my life. And I get home and I'm like, okay, I have to do all of my adulting as fast as possible so that I have time to get all the challenges done. <laughs> I just, I'm planning my life around, around the hunt for score. I've, I've really been enjoying that grind. I do agree with Jen though. I think if it went along for much longer that I would begin to feel embittered and, you, and burned out. How do you feel about there being a second season then? Uh, well, I think I, I want a second season, but not yet. So I'm not sure when exactly they're planning to start it, but I, I hope I do have a few weeks. If they had started it immediately, then I think, I think I would not be interested. I missed one challenge yesterday, you know, the level up challenge. And I just, oh, I felt terrible to have missed it. I just, oh, I felt so badly to have missed it. I actually, uh, that level up one is one of the harder ones to get after you hit a, a higher level with your character. You know, it takes longer. So I created a character, a new character, just for the purpose of quickly leveling. Yeah. And uh, her name is Quesadilla because we're going to cheese it. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And Quesadilla lives at the, at the White Spring train station. Archon's base is in the cliffside uh, just behind the White Spring. When I, when I pop into Quesadilla to get that quick level, I, I just, I wake up at the White Spring Station, he comes down from his base, and we go through, and I will shoot the ghouls, we'll do a little tour of residential area there, and I will put one bullet into the ghouls, and then he kills them. I can get a level in, in no time, no time at all, so. Wow. <laughs> we have a system. Smart. We have a system. And uh, very rarely, we'll do the same for one of his lower level characters, but I'm, I'm much worse at protecting him. So it's, it's usually pretty funny. Um, I'll be dead. Uh, Jim Justice will be dead. And, and Archon's like level 20 character is out there trying to, trying to survive these level 60 and 70 ghouls at White Spring. It's a good time, though. I'm enjoying Meat Week as well. I have noticed, like you, like you said, Sarah, that it is going by really fast. Those are, they're finishing quickly. And I agree that that's kind of a bummer. I, I definitely agree with that. This year I have the recipe for Chally's special feed. I, I didn't have that nice. before. So I'm very excited. I'm, I'm making food for Chally. Graham and Chally are, are possibly my favorite characters in all of Fallout 76. I, I find Graham's love for Chally to be so wholesome and so beautiful and, and just a, a shining light in the wasteland. And I just, I love the way he talks to Chally and, <laughs> and about Chally. And he's human. No tell Chally what's in the meat cook. 
<laughs> it's so adorable. It's adorable. I love Graham. Graham, I, I think I agree. Graham is probably my favorite character. He's got yeah. new dialogue, right? A bit, yeah, yes. He talked yeah. about last year's meat cook, and mm-hmm. and then he jokes that he's going to swap he, out chali poop. He talks about people who eat greens this year, too. I don't think he talked about yes. people who eat greens last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I quite enjoy Graham and Chally, and I enjoy hanging out with them. The Prime Cuts events have been really great for leveling yeah. as well. They've, they've yes. been yeah. really good for that. Uh, the one in the Savage Divide has a bunch of honey beasts, and I'm super stoked about it because really? I never have enough honey. I never have enough honey. Uh, One of my yeah. favorite things is the giant teapot. Mm-hmm. And I like the oh, daily right. with yes. sweet water. I like it's the, so easy. Yeah. yeah. I love the giant teapot. And now, now I have all this honey, so I'm going to brew up a bunch of tea. Sweet water is going to be proud of me. It's going to be wonderful. Just just magnificent. Oh, that's great. No, see, yeah. I like Jack at the pumpkin house. He's my favorite. Oh, as he's far as cool. robots go. I love him. He's Because he's always cool. so happy to see you because he's like, oh, I know you. <laughs> <laughs> so wholesome. So wholesome. <laughs> So I have been very much enjoying Fallout 76. Um, I'm getting really close with this score. Uh, I'm at level 95, I think. I did finish something else, though, another project I'd been working on for quite some time. I have a completed magazine collection. Oh, yes. 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 I I finished it. It's, It's wonderful. I feel very proud. I'm very pleased with the way they look on display. I am a little a little sad though because there's there's like a magazine shaped hole in my heart now. A bit, the the thrill when you hear a magazine nearby with the panopictographus perk and and it, it's gone. You know the the excitement is gone. What so. about starting a lending library? So you've got yours for keeping Ooh. that no one can touch. You're gonna start a second set that you can then have Ooh. a lending library. That's not a bad idea. I like that idea. That's actually a lovely, I could be a wasteland librarian. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. I like that idea. I really, I may do that. I may just (laughs) do that. Set them up in a vendor for zero caps. Yeah, so that's been a lot of fun. Really enjoying Fallout 76. I just, this game, um, it it had a rough start and I've, I've had up and down feelings about it throughout the, the years of Fallout 76, but I feel like we've found a really healthy place. Incredibly loyal, and I will continue to yes. say it. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. Thank and you, dear. I agree. I love, love this game. I love Me it. Me too. I, I have rose-colored glasses where Fallout 76 is concerned, though, because mm-hmm. somebody will be like, well, there's this, and I'm like, yeah, but it's so nice, and, and it makes me happy, and the music, and, and, and have you seen the hats? And also oh, all of you. Nice. Yeah. Also all of you guys and all of our friends and all right? you built around it. You know, however much they try to shoot themselves in the foot with the occasional three steps back. <laughs> it's yeah, still yeah. pretty great. Yep. But something I was talking about the other day with Archon is that I have to, when I am trying to speak critically about Fallout 76, I have to be careful to keep in mind that the experience I have had is not the experience that other people have had, you know, right. uh, not only because of all of the, the Fallout baggage that I have for mm-hmm. these years and years of, of Fallout games and Fallout podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. But also, um, I mostly play this game with Archon. And, like, he, he, this man has invested some time. He has invested some time in this video game. 
it has eliminated a lot of the grindier aspects of Fallout 76 for me because, you know, he, he gives me his duplicate plans. He gives me his duplicate stuff. When I want to do something, he knows where I can find this resource. He, you know what I mean? It's, it's a, a bit of a charmed experience that I've had with Fallout 76. And I have to be careful to keep that in mind that the game I play is not necessarily the game everybody else is playing. That's what makes it so special, though, is that it's that sense of community, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone has or should have a Wasteland benefactor. I mean, there's only one Archie, but we all have our friends and people. And even if it's a higher level character, you'll have someone to mule some Mm -hmm. plans over to, you know? Because Mm -hmm. there's there's a surplus of stuff, so it... Um, it creates not necessarily even an economy, but it creates a, um, uh, the, the need to, to get rid of it. So, I right. mean, you know, you land outside the vault and, you know, and people like me are out there giving you water and 38s and food. And the community is so generous, mm-hmm. so generous with so, both their time and their stuff. Yeah. I've had random yeah. players like just give me a whole beach of stuff whole lot of stuff and I'm like oh uh thank you (laughs) yeah whenever whenever I see a low-level character I get so excited and I just want to give them thanks and I I feel like I creep people out all the time because I run over there and I'm like wait don't leave don't leave and I'm frantically throwing stim packs on the floor and rat away (laughs) yeah I really like that they included the um the present emote Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm you can throw it up in the air and just get their attention yes I'm not trying to kill you Mm-hmm. trying to get your attention because I have some super stim packs that weigh 1.5 and I need exactly. to get Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, I had an experience today where I was, um, you know how whenever you go past a uh, workshop, it'll be like, defend, blah, 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 workshop. I went in, there was super mutants, and there was this level 30 character. And my character is 112 now. So, um, like, I was, this person was dying. And so I went to help them. And, like, they accidentally hit me, and I could, like, in my head, in my head, I could see, because they, like, backed up really quick, and it was, like, I know that they thought that I was going to turn around and hit them with my super sledge, you know? (laughs) And it's, like, no, no, no. (laughs) It it makes this game fun. But I also feel like Bethesda could have handed out, like, a game without glitches that is absolutely perfect, pristine, and there's still going to be that one person that's, like, that nuke's not nuky enough. The idea of Bethesda putting out a game without glitches is is utterly ludicrous to me. Is it even Bethesda anymore at that point? Yeah. But I just, I feel like there's always going to be that one person. You're right. You can't please everyone. (laughs) You really can't. Mm -mm. Always going to be those 20 people. Hundreds of people. (laughs) I'm also still deeply invested in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Uh, and the month of August has been a, a joy because every Sunday evening there is a fireworks display. So um, you go to town and all the animals are gathered in the town square and there are just fireworks going off everywhere, beautiful fireworks. There is a raffle that happens so you can buy, um, buy raffle tickets from Red, who is the shady art dealer. And you win things like balloons and bubble blowers. And Isabel gifts you some little, uh, a little headband with little dingly, glowy balls on it. It's so cute. Mm-hmm. It's so cute. So I've really been enjoying Sundays in, uh, in the month of August. It's been quite lovely. 
I played a, a level of Left 4 Dead 2 on stream last week with, uh, with Rick and Archon, and that was a great time. We played through the Dark Carnival uh, section. I'd never played that section before. I played some Left 4 Dead way back in the day, but I'd never played on PC, and I feel like PC, it, I feel like there are more zombies on the PC version than there were on the <laughs> Xbox 360 version. You know, there probably are. But yeah. did, you play, did you play co-op? I mean, did you play with a crew before? No. Well, yes. Yes. I played co-op uh, split screen with my mother, actually. Okay. Yeah. It was shenanigans, man. It was shenanigans. <laughs> it was so funny. She kept running ahead and I would be, I would be dying and, and she, she would be a mile away. It was one of the games that she was incredibly successful at. My mom is funny like that. Sometimes she's really terrible at video games and <laughs> I have to very gently guide her through the levels. And sometimes she's just incredibly successful. And Left 4 Dead 2 was, was one of those instances. She was much better at it than me. But uh, Rick and Archon and I had a great time. I think we may stream the whole campaign coming up in the future. So that was really fun. It was much more chaotic than I remembered it being. Uh, lots more zombies. It was... It was uh, utter chaos. I kept getting lost. It was, it was a lot of fun though. And I, I started playing Layton's Mystery Journey uh, on the Switch. I had a DS version of this that I got partway through and then I kind of abandoned it because um, I just wanted to play my Switch. You know, I, I was, I love my Switch and I, I want to play my Switch. So I, I went ahead and just picked up a second copy. I really like those Layton games. Layton's Mystery Journey is after the main series of Layton, and it's uh, stars Professor Layton's daughter, Catriel. And she's a lovely character. I really enjoy Catriel. So it looks great on Switch. It looks really, really good. There's a talking dog. It's a good game. I've never played any Professor Layton games. Um, are they puzzle games? They are puzzle games, yeah. Um, they are framed in a way it's like a, a combination between a puzzle game and a point and click adventure because you are, you are cast in the role of a detective who has to solve, you know, different crimes. But as you walk through the town and explore and interrogate the townsfolk, everyone is obsessed with puzzles and they're like, Hey, maybe I'll tell you what I know, but first you have to solve this puzzle and you just go through the town solving puzzles. Sometimes you'll be like, poking through a, an old trash bin looking for clues and, oh, look, I found this puzzle. Let's solve this puzzle. <laughs> and there are grand, uh, grand little scenes. Like, uh, are you familiar with Phoenix Wright and his point? You know, yes, Professor always... Layton also does a point when he, oh, he solves does. his puzzles. Yes. Objection. <laughs> yes. When Professor Layton solves a puzzle, he does also a dramatic point. So nice. yeah, I, I enjoyed the Layton games. I've, uh, been with them since the beginning. This is the first one that I really didn't finish, and it was mostly because I, I switched my mobile platform to Switch. So and, yeah, and the name of the game again, uh, Layton's Mystery Journey: Colon Catriel and the Millionaire Conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a doozy. It's a doozy, and that's it for my gaming. Um, my life has been mostly seventy six. So we'll see. Maybe now that I. After I finish the legendary run, maybe I can move forward a bit. For a game where people keep saying, gee, why aren't they adding more content after Wastelanders? Sure, it's a lot to do. <laughs> <laughs> right? Ooh, I haven't even finished Wastelanders, I haven't either. Me either. 
finished any of the really? companion quests. I, I haven't... finished Beckett's for a couple. I'm getting I'm close to the end of Beckett's quest line, I think. He's dreamy. He's mm-hmm. he's running my my country stores while yeah, I'm out j- off adventuring. <laughs> Jim Justice is probably going to to make his his best attempt at seducing Beckett. Um, <laughs> I think he seems like his type. So yeah, we'll no, that's that fair. Oh yeah. How about how Sage? Sage is long gone, Jen. Sage is long gone. Beckett is gone. I um I have Gramps now. <laughs> the buns of are camping. So we found a little a little watering hole where they're camping, and um and I put Gramps' chair around the um, fire pit. Yep. With the bunnies, so um, they're all, the bunnies are all sitting on chairs, and Gramps is sitting there. Did you and sink his chair into the fire pit? Like, did you do a drop glitch on it? <laughs> no, no. But his chair is identical to one of the chairs in the in in the build menu. Nice. So they're all sitting on the same chair. So he sits there Aww. and tells the rabbits Aww. continually to pull Aww. his finger. And I just imagine that they're like, oh, God, this guy. So, <laughs> so that's the only way I can tolerate him in the camp. But he's just – and he likes to shoot things. I don't know why. He just, like, runs off and starts shooting stuff. He likes to shoot his mouth and shoot with anything that moves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I just – they're they're putting up with the old Gramps custodian who's at the <laughs> campground. Oh, I've, seen, uh, I've seen a camp companions just do nothing when there's um, – enemies around it's good that he's yes. going out yeah. shooting cool. stuff at least i've had that <laughs> like issue with raider punk like he will just stand there and watch while my camp is dismantled by yes. rats. Uh, yes. yeah i had yes. that with the um wandering musician that you find mm-hmm. yep. yeah i evicted her ass she was sorry <laughs> she was lazy i made her a bed you know <laughs> at least she could have cleaned up after herself do you know what I used think. to love doing in Fallout 4? Giving my settlers, like, missiles. <laughs> Give them Ooh. one missile and, like, a quad missile launcher, and they would just do damage. I learned the hard way, though. Don't give them a Merv Fat Man because the Merv is, like, the splits the mini nukes. Um, I, I gave them Big Boy, which was the two-shot Merv, right. and I put a Merv attachment on it. Everybody kept dying. I had to take it away yeah. from him. He couldn't be trusted. I think I gave it to, um, oh my gosh, what's that very handsome guy's name in uh, Sturgis? Sturgis. 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 Yeah. Sturgis, yeah. Sturgis was dreamy. Yeah. Sturgis couldn't He's be so trusted gorgeous. with a mini-nuke. You could romance Sturgis. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'll always be a little bitter that you couldn't romance Sturgis. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if there's yeah. a mod. Sturgis is great at banging things. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he has yes, lots of practice. <laughs> well, ladies, shall we step up on the soapbox? I think we shall. Okay, guys. So today's topic for the soapbox is that Twitch is not a dating service. What? Oh my gosh. No. I thought it no. was. <laughs> my goodness. Well, why else do you Twitch? Wait until you guys get a load of this one, okay? Yeah, this Wait is going to make you twitch. Okay. <laughs> this was a Reddit post on relationships, r slash relationships, uh, which is one of my favorite uh, subreddits. I, I like to hang out on that and, uh, and see how insane people are. But this one was not insane in a fun, entertaining way. This one made me fear for a woman's life. So I'm just going to read this little, this little post here. Uh, and I quote, There's this Twitch streamer that I've started to watch often, and I've grown to like her quite a bit. 
This may just sound like me being a viewer who's attracted to a hot Twitch streamer, but she lives in my city, and I'd like the opportunity to maybe meet up with her and ask her out. She's really pretty, I like her personality, and it's just really refreshing to see a girl who's into stuff like gaming, Star Wars, and some of the other nerdy things. All of my previous girlfriends hated stuff like that, and I can't help but gravitate towards the Switch streamer because of it. The streamer's social media has her doing pretty basic stuff, like going out to eat and going to the gym. I suppose the simple thing would be to go to the gym that she goes to, but most people I know only go to the gym to work out for themselves and don't care to flirt and meet potential dates there. My plan right now, my plan right now Mm -hmm. is to apply for jobs at vitamin and nutrient stores that I suspect her of going to, these stores being right by the gym she goes to. But there's no guarantee that I'd get hired, nor is there a guarantee (laughs) that she even goes there. I just really want the chance to be with this girl, and I don't know what to do to meet up with her. Any advice? It gets, it's, wait, there's more, but wait, yeah. there's more. Yeah, because, you know, that, it sounds reasonable at first. He acknowledges that, oh, well, maybe at a gym, then she's not going there to talk and have people hit on her. Well, okay, well, how sensitive of you. But so then I'm going to underhandedly, and we're going to do this. Wait, what does he say next to make it so much worse? Okay, so uh, <laughs> someone in the comments said she will see you as nothing but a fan. If you really want a chance, you should hit her up on Instagram, and maybe you'll, you'll look like more than a fan. And he responds, if I were to meet up with her, I wouldn't even mention being a fan who watches her streams. I would just pretend to have never seen her before. We'll hopefully strike up a good conversation and things would unfold from there. Yep. So where do we start unpacking? Right off the top, I'm going to go with the positive thing, which is he's dating the wrong girls to begin with because he is not dating girls who are interested in the same thing that he is. I'm assuming he's dating them because of how they look, because that's the bottom line why he likes this Twitch streamer. The fact that she likes Star Wars and video games is just a bonus. There's a lot to unpack here. Yeah. Yeah. That is a good place to start. There are lots of women who like nerdy things. We've always been here. We're not new. We're not new. Yeah. None of us have, have immigrated from another planet. We all started out here. Well, I mean, that I know of. He's not dating women who share his interests. And that's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's like the first place that I went to whenever you were reading it, because I've not read this before. Mm-hmm. Just found out about it today, kind of. We are definitely there. As soon as a guy starts talking to you about how you're a unicorn or you're rare or girls don't like nerdy things, yeah, oh, my oh God, my I can't God. believe I, I met that, one. That is a whole parade of red flags right there. Right, because yeah. how is he not opening his eyes? Does he constantly have, like, all these uh, litmus tests or, like, you know, that whole kind of fan test thing where you're not a real fan unless, and so he constantly fails people? Or does he constantly disqualify people if they don't meet whatever odd standard he has? Well, if they don't look like he thinks that they should. Yeah. And beyond that, I mean, it, there's just so much manipulation here. So like I said, the initial post, it starts out like he's being somewhat reasonable about it and recognizing that this is a situation, wants to work around it. Like the whole thing, oh, I saw this cute girl at the coffee shop. I want to go there, maybe order coffee and talk to her. That is where he thinks he's going. But then he takes it a whole different way. Where okay, in, order to, left turn. in order to possibly get her into my clutches, I have to lie and sneak and I'll get a job and I'll live this whole other life. Yeah. The lies have a way of unraveling. Oh, they sure do. They sure do. Imagine how, okay, we all have somewhat of an internet presence. Like, mm-hmm. none of us none of us are, are big streamers, like a lot of people out there. But this takes a lot of work. 
We all, it does take a lot of work and, uh, but we all have enough of, of an internet, you know, we're all content creators. Imagine how it would feel to meet someone, they're cool, you start dating them, they, they seem really cool, and then six months later, you find out that they used to watch your content, uh, but yeah. they yeah. pretended not to. I've had it They've happen. never acknowledged that they've watched your content. That really, that really, mm-hmm. like, his whole plan to not um, admit that he was a fan and all that, that was that like, would be that seemed so really fine to me. Yeah. To yeah. find like out. I'm trying to control the entire relationship. You have attitudes Whoa. like that, stalkerish attitudes of wanting to control a the entire relationships and all that sort of stuff that's just no apart from his perception of women or perception of what girls like the gross underlying invasion of privacy and lack of respect for consent is the thing that makes my blood boil like what gives you the right to even sure you might know what gym she goes to but what gives you the right to go there you know, if you can contact this person, ask freaking permission. It's almost like he's trying to set up like a, a movie uh, meet cute. Exactly. And that, that doesn't, that's not how the really real world works. But see, what he's imagining is this beautiful romantic comedy. Yeah. But what I'm seeing coming through is the opening of a horror film. Yes. Yeah. It's the horror film that we saw the last time when we were talking about that video game. Yes. Girl yes. Gamers. Yes. Yeah. There's a TV show on Netflix. I haven't watched it, but I've seen the trailer for it. This is sounding a lot like that TV show. I'm, I'm actually going to um, watch the first episode one day because I am curious you? about it. It's called You. you. <laughs> I've not watched it's, it. It's I, can't, I can't watch it because that's Dan from Gossip Girl and I need him to stay Dan from Gossip Girl. <laughs> but I know, I know. I'll probably watch the first or second episode. And I say, I, I can't, I can't watch this anymore. I know I'm going to be like that. You know what makes me really glad and optimistic, though, about all of this is the outrage it's causing. Right, right. right. Yeah, and that, and that somehow ripples from this outrage might penetrate that thick, thick. I'm going to imagine Neanderthalic skull of the person who thinks that it's okay. So I just, I just would like to say, if anybody out there thinks that has ever had thoughts like this, like, hmm, maybe, maybe I can uh, somehow insert myself into the life of, of this person that I, that I only know through the internet, don't do this. Please right. just, just don't do it. Don't do it. This is awful. If you want to reach out to somebody, do it through the channels that they give you. You know, uh, if a content creator gives you their Twitter handle, their email. That is the appropriate way to reach out to someone. And hoping for it to become a romantic relationship is probably not a great idea. No. That's when you do extremely reach out, unlikely to happen. Be honest. Like, mm-hmm. if you actually do be it. Be honest. Be honest. Be and transparent. Do it with that kind of goal in mind. Don't, don't be creepy. Like, like, for instance, hey, Shalene, I listen to your podcast, and I think we should be best friends. Uh, actually, I think you sent me that message at one point. <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> Fine. It worked out. We're friends now. <laughs> but that's yeah. what I'm saying. I understand socially awkward because I am that person. And it's mm. like, yeah. See, but you did it right. You reached out yes. through the provided venue. You did not show up at my gym or at, at my job or. I was actually um, looking in your windows. Like- yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, 
you didn't pretend that you didn't know who I was. Exactly. Because <laughs> I get a feeling from this guy that if he were to reach out through the social media, it would immediately go to the inappropriate, you know, and he starts sending pics or what have you. Mm-hmm. Like it, I, it, I feel like it would be the no. nice guy messages. Oh, I hate where that. like you're like, hey, you know, whatever, and then and you have a couple of totally normal messages. I'm not getting instant gratification. Are you yes. friend zoning me already? This I'm a happening. nice guy. It's like I don't Nobody even know you yet. <laughs> is entitled to anybody's attention. Exactly. Nobody is entitled to that. Nobody is entitled to anybody's friendship or and it's, it's what you said time. earlier about consent, Jen. Yeah, it is. Um, consent isn't just something for, for sexual encounters. Consent is something that you have to respect in every aspect of someone's life. People get to choose who they have yeah. in their life and what they do with their time. People and, get to choose who they spend their time with. And, and if they reach out to you and, you know, and are... Maybe you do become friends. Lots of relationships happen online and are started online. But nobody owes anybody anything in mm-hmm. in that respect. So, yeah, I just, I, I think it's incredibly problematic to think that you can kind of um, insinuate yourself into somebody's life that way. I just found it so terrifying when it's I saw so that scary. post. Just so scary. scary. So, okay, to summarize... Do not stalk women. Do not stalk anyone of any gender, for that matter. Do not stalk people. Yeah, and nobody use wants the appropriate to think you're the channels. bad guy. Yeah, yeah, use the appropriate channels. Nobody wants to think they're the bad guy. Nobody wants to think that they are stalking. Really do be a little self-reflexive about this. And just be realistic. Be realistic with your expectations, guys. It's okay to reach out to someone you admire online, but not like this. Don't be weird. Yeah, don't be weird. <laughs> don't be weird. Oh, geez. Well, okay. I, I feel a little better now that we've talked about this and, and gotten this uh, out in the air. That was just, that was something else. It was really something else. Should we move into makeup talk and talk about how to look good for all those, uh, you know, simps online? Because we wear makeup for other people. Obviously. Plainly. We've said plainly, it over and over why. on this show. <laughs> we only wear it to impress boys. 100% or girls. we wear makeup. We're girls. Yes. Most of the time, my husband says that he can't tell a difference if I'm wearing makeup or not. And I'm like, you can't tell. You I didn't know your husband was blind. <laughs> <laughs> your, your lips are naturally that bright pink. I wake up like this, y'all. I know, yeah. You see those posts it's a very about, pretty like, color. Uh, you'll see them from, from sad people saying, like, oh, this girl lied to me because she looks totally different without her makeup. False advertising. I didn't know I was selling anything. I mean, if you thought I had sparkly turquoise eyelids, that's not my fault. That's That's your biology Mm. teacher's fault. Uh, But I, uh, Sherry, you were sharing a lot of pictures in the group chat. You went on a bit of a shopping spree for makeup things, and I want to hear about what you got. All right. So I don't usually wear makeup. I'm not used to it. I have no idea what I'm doing with it, but. You know, you know, for myself, I just want to look pretty and I want to do things online and have my face on video and I feel a bit self-conscious. So, of course, for myself to feel better about my face being on video because throughout my most of my life, I've never really worn makeup, but I have bought, I've bought stuff, but because I never used it, 
all this stuff was in storage and not used and just sat around forever and ever and probably expired and all that. So uh, a few some months ago when I was going through a bit of overhaul and throwing a lot of things out, I pretty much tipped the entire crate of makeup and stuff into the rubbish bin. I got rid of all of it. I pretty much all I had was a lip, maybe three lipsticks, a blush that I also alternated as an eyeshadow, a mascara. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all I had and that was all I was using. So I decided now that I want to have my face on video and stuff, I needed something better and want and so I've been like looking up YouTubes and stuff like tutorials but it's really hard for me because it's not really my main interest and people are putting on foundation and stuff and that different layers I'm like I don't know what's it I won't don't remember this so I have <laughs> it's been, intimidating you know it's it is. Lot. it's really intimidating and I don't remember the what they're doing either it's it doesn't stink into my memory I want to try what they're doing and I want to like, how do I, how do I lose my double chins? How do I get more modified? How do I hide the trenches under my eyes? <laughs> or, or how I do you send you, I will send you some screenshots from my cosmetology makeup book. Thank you. <laughs> That'll be good. And I want to give you a piece of advice. Yes. Okay. There's no rules to makeup. People will tell oh, you that there's it's... rules. There are yes. no, there are no rules. You be crazy. If you want to wear, Purple eyeshadow, you wear purple eyeshadow. You want to wear purple eyeshadow and red lipstick? You do it. Don't, don't let though, people tell you there's I, rules. I, I did for a moment this morning. I put on green eyeshadow and then realized, oh, shit, Sherry, you're working with a green screen. Quick, put something over that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That would be That's brilliant. That's probably one rule if you're working with a green screen because I've seen that mentioned in a lot of video tutorials. Don't wear something green on your T-shirt or on your face or in tattoos that match your green screen. If you painted a green circle on your forehead, could you, like, green screen that? Oh, I wow. think that sounds kind of awesome. Yeah. Oh, wow. Same. Right around your eyes and then around your mouth so you look like a skull. I've never tried that. I feel like we need to do some science, ladies. <laughs> I think we need a Halloween show that's all green screen. Yeah, so green screen the I decided to go on a shopping spree and buy all the stuff I think. I, I mean, I looked at tutorials and I, I tried to get a bit of an idea of what I ne needed. And I've got very, very fair skin. I'm seeing all these people apply foundation. So I got some brushes as well. And I'm like, what brushes do I use for what? So I'm still working all this out. But yeah, let's go. A few things that I got that I particularly like. I got NYX Mystic Petals eyeshadows. That is so pretty. I just love, I love the colors. Those I are love pretty colors. You got the turquoise green, a shimmery mm -hmm. silver, lavender. Mm -hmm. I like and that. And a gold and a black. A very cool toned. But like a palette for eyeshadows so when you want to really look exciting. And then, like, I also got another eyeshadow. Nice, but not so loud. But I think these colours are really nice and sparkly, but sort of natural. And oh, I'll get this those without are pretty. the glare. Which is, what's this one? It's Maybelline, oh, yeah. the blushed Maybelline. nudes. Very yeah, they, nice. They look like kind of stone colours, like slate mm -hmm. and sandstone. And, yeah, yeah really nice. a bit of pink and white and a bit of tan. They look like um, what I call, like, dusty pastels. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very good. I like putting a bit of the pink on my eye, eyelids and stuff like that because I've got very pale skin and I think I can – pink is good for me, light pinks. I got this huge um, set of brushes from a, a website called Adore Beauty, which I spent a bit of money on. Are they an Australian site? Um, 
Yes, it was a it was an Australian so I don't know if it's international. What a fantastic as well. blush roll, uh, brush roll. Those that is like similar. Yeah, I like the idea of having it in a pack where everything has its place. Mm-hmm. So I did buy some, uh, cheaper brushes from Amazon as well, and well, that's much nice. better than this disaster. Right here. Yeah, I'm going to have to also look up a tutorial, uh, I think, on how you clean your brushes, I think, as well. Um, clean, clean them? There is. I just buy new ones. I've seen tutorial people yeah. mention they have to clean them. Uh, set of brushes, because I wasn't sure if I'll have all the brushes I need. <laughs> so let's buy another, another box of brushes in case the other great I'm really enjoying your enthusiasm, well. Sherry. It's yeah, very awesome. fun to share with you. I love yeah, it. so for a CoverGirl True Blend Base business, a primer. Mm-hmm. The primers are super important. Very. Yeah. Yeah, for long, yeah. sweaty days. Yeah, primers help. Uh, right here. Because my favorite lipstick from the Pokemon lipstick that I have, that's a sort of orangey red, which I'm wearing right now. Oh, it's so pretty on you. Yeah, yeah. I thought I should get I a, a lip pencil to go with it. So I found a, a NYX suede shade so it's it's Ooh. like it's got a shade that's same as the lipstick that I got so I can now wear a lip pencil and probably apply my I am not wearing it today but try to apply lipstick a little bit better as I say a lot with the longevity of your lipstick if you line mm-hmm. it first mm-hmm. yeah the foundation I got is Maybelline fit me matte and I've heard flawless. good things about that right here so that, that one for it's good <laughs> nice <laughs> You got it too. Very nice. I have it in 112 because it's summer. But yeah, one of my favorite uh, drugstore. This is 115. And I got, I wasn't going to get a bronzer, but I did, which is, uh, this is another Maybelline bronzer. I love Maybelline Probably the lightest one I could find. But Mm -hmm. now I'm thinking, because of my pale skin, I thought I have to get everything in the lightest possible. But maybe I'm thinking now that maybe I shouldn't have done that because I've tried putting this bronzer on and I can't even see it on my skin. Yeah, do a little bit darker with your bronzer. Yeah, I think I should have done that. And it's too pale. This mm-hmm. right here is the one that I'm using. That's a beautiful bronzer. What's mm-hmm. what color is what uh, product is that? Okay, this came out my boxy charm this month. It is Aesthetica. Ah, okay. I have some and things by Aesthetica. They're good. This one is the uh, sunset bronzer, and I really like it. Um, also, something to mention is that. When you don't have tons of different products, don't be afraid to think outside the box with how you use them. Mm -hmm. If you have a great shade that you think would be a good contour shade or bronzer shade, but it's an eyeshadow, slap that stuff on your face. It's fine. You can use it. Um, It's it's good. It's like that blush I had before that mm -hmm. I was actually using for an eyeshadow because it was... Yeah, because I found yes. the color was really nice for my lids. That sort of you can use color. blushes and bronzers as oh, yeah. eyeshadow. You can use eyeshadows as blushes and bronzers. Well, Just be creative. Another boxy charm that I got. Oh, that nice. Middle shade, that middle shade, beautiful bronzer, like oh, a yeah. highlighty type bronzer. It's supposed oh, to be yeah. an eyeshadow. So I got a loose finishing powder from a lot of Maybelline stuff. Maybelline Fit Me loose finishing powder for it's um, Fairlight Number Ten. This one, very cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So lots of light, very light things. And I think we're almost at the end here. Oh, and a, and a, and a fixer. I heard I needed a fixer, so I bought a fixer. Wow. A Setting fix. spray. Fix oh, that's a good one. It is a good I've one. Used, uh, a really like a good little one. dab of that fix with, um, with eyeshadow on, mm-hmm. a, on a brush, mix it in, and you can make a colored eyeliner with it. 
do the rest mm-hmm. of oh, you use nice. scripture sometimes? I, I only use it for that purpose. I use yeah, setting spray nice. every day. It's I, like hairspray use, for your face. Yeah, the Fix Plus 2, like your shimmer eyeshadows, you can use it with them and it gives it like a wet look and it's really pretty. And I got this um, uh, Instant Age Rewind Eraser Concealer. Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, that that's is, a good that one. That great. Oh, OG. That is a good yes. one. Yes. So I yes. assumed I put that under my eyes, but I had yes. trouble actually getting it out of the container and actually seeing Or it might also be another case of just bought stuff that's too actually too light for my skin. Now, that's the whole problem with very pale skin. I thought I had to get really pale stuff, but maybe I should have got a bit darker. It's hard oh, with eyes. concealer, it's a little bit better to err on the side yeah. of too light. It may just be getting it started. coming out. It may yeah, because when it's a new product. Yeah, yeah. you got to twist it. Twist and it also, I'm very out. delicate. This is a very rough. you got to get it come out mm-hmm. at all. You've got to go really hard. And I'm very delicate around that area. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. twist it. Twist it and it comes up through the sponge. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Noted. So I was a bit like, mm, maybe I made a mistake with this one. No, it's a great product. It is. Oh, good. Very it good really choice. What was that called again? I'm taking notes here. Instant Age Rewind Eraser. So there you go. Thank you. Taken. Note taken. (laughs) I love that you've essentially put together a full kit with all kinds of things. So that was the plan to try and put together a full kit. You put together a really great one too because you got like a lot of different products. Yeah, you did a great job. You did a great job. Yeah. A bit more variety to use. I recommend the uh, the Wet n Wild Blush Quads. Those are inexpensive. Mm -hmm. Those are really good. They last. They wear like iron. And they're beautiful, okay. really mm-hmm. pretty. So um, the Wet n Wild uh, highlighters are really good too. Yeah, I have a bunch of them. I can't write things down at the moment because my cat has absconded with my pen that was at my desk. <laughs> Cats do that. Yeah, this is one of the Wet n Wild. I don't have highlighters. any to write anything. Mm, that's very pretty. Ooh. The Golden Flower Crown is the name of it. Yeah, that sounds nice. It looks Help. very that's pretty. Great. I've been using. I forget the name. It's like a, a Hello Kitty character. They released a Wet n Wild collection around this mm-hmm. character. I loved uh, a previous similar looking palette that I had from Wet n Wild. So I bought that. And it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It is so pretty. It has a plum colored blush and a peach colored blush mm-hmm. and a couple of highlights in the quad. I've been using that every day. It's so pretty. Also, um, whenever Wet n Wild brings out their Halloween collection, the highlighters in that are always amazing. I don't know if you've ever bought any of them but they're great oh, i am very curious about a halloween collection so we have hiding your web this one came out last year and it's like an iridescent really pretty mm, does that have like a color shift it does it's like a, nice. um, it has like a pink and a blue shift to it. um and then i have this one is so so crazy um this one is called not your basic witch and it's a black highlighter with a blue shift Oh, wow. Oh, wow. What does that look like on the skin? Yeah, it's really um, cool. Very gothy. Like, uh, you have to blend it down really, really good, or else it looks like a, a bruise. I've only worn it a handful of times. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, Don't get any under the eye. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then this one came out two years ago. It's called um, Moonlit Gleam. And to give you an idea of how much I've used, I hit pan. Wow. This was my everyday highlighter for, for almost a year. But yeah, like I said, whenever uh, Wet n Wild comes out with their Halloween collection, the highlighters, I'm telling you. Well, that is awesome. Did anyone else have any other makeup that they wanted to uh, talk about today? Or did we want to roll into the Dames Discuss section? 
So there was another article that came up. We just talked about a Reddit thread today that was on a soapbox. Now, we're not going to soapbox this stuff, but let's discuss a little bit. An article that was retweeted by E3 and caused a lot of consternation. The article originally published by Parade online, titled 25 Online Games That Girls Would Like, or 25 Online Games For Women was the actual title of it. Um, and this is, I found after, that it's a bit of a series. They've been doing games we play, uh, you know, 25 games of people on the go, 25 adult games. So there was at least a little bit of sense behind why it was written. Uh, however, this article, it hit a lot of stereotypes uh, that we can discuss, and it hit just a lot of the wrong note. Who is it for? Because we all know, and we all are, women who game. <laughs> There's just a number of things that were a little bit off and upsetting about the article. The basically kind of coddling and maybe even talking down tone that it took, but a fellow talking down, like, you know, it was written by a woman who was also like, here's the games we play. And it's funny because, you know, they say they interviewed multiple developers and people like that, and they even have quotes from people from a number of walks of life in here. But it was written from someone who maybe doesn't really understand the industry as projecting here, but it didn't seem as though that they understood the industry and people who tend to play a lot of games. It would have just been a bit of a puff piece, a bit of a fluff article, but then it was retweeted by the E3 account. Who all follows E3 on Twitter? Uh, gamers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All of us. And we saw this, <laughs> and we saw this, and then didn't see ourselves in the article. Well, the first sentence was, girls like video games as much as men do. Why do they get to be adults and we have to be little children? Little girls. I mean, it's, it, like that's, that kind of set the tone immediately, and I was like automatically on the defensive the minute I read that first sentence. Yeah, I agree with that. And then she goes into, uh, you know, stats. I get it, but the title and the tone was just wrong. Uh, did you guys get a chance to look at some of the games on the list? Because it's not that the games are necessarily yes. bad, but it's, it's the approach. Yeah, the way they were described. I mean, Stardew was mentioned. You know, I'm a big fan of that. There were a few games that were mentioned that were good. Okay. But it was weighted at the other end. It was games that more, I don't know how you describe it. To the extent where it makes you wonder who they're targeted for. Because there's nothing against online games. There's nothing against fluff games. Of course, you get the Candy Crush and you get the Bejeweled and, you know, and it feels a little bit stereotypical. Uh, but it was a cliche. It was, yeah. it was like yeah. a cliche of these are games that women would play or girls because would play. This on is, phone. Yeah, it wasn't thoughtful at all. And also a lot of these games weren't even games with any depth. They were like filler for what you play when you're waiting for a bus or something. Yeah, which is why it just kind of brings you back to who was this for? Why, why, why was this list made? I mean, is it just filling a quota of this is an article they do about games for various types of people? You know, that's what I didn't like about it. I mean, Overwatch is on the list. Uh, there's really only like one or two uh, more hardcore games. And once again, it, games As are I fine. said, it was weighted at the other end yeah. of cliche. I mean, you've got Spelunky, you've got Overwatch. And then, you know, for games we talk about a lot, you've got Stardew, you've got Animal Crossing. Like there are some decent games on there, but they're so random. And then they got the Kardashian the game. Kardashian game, Casino World, like where and why? Uh, it, yeah. It's like gendering toys, right? You know, I, that's how it felt. It felt like they were dividing things with some sort of archaic gender stereotype. Yeah. Gender and, profiling. And they felt like in order to promote Maybe. these games, they had to um, slant them that way. You're talking about gender stereotype. Oh, this would appeal to women. House Flipper, because they like decorating pretty things. Um, you know. That game is fun, though. 
Tetris because if you play enough Tetris, it will curb your cravings and help your diet. Like, oh my you know- <laughs> gosh. Selling Tetris as a diet tool made me, my blood pressure went right up. Uh, see, you know, no, I, Tetris has the exact opposite effect on me because it makes me want to rage eat burritos. I can tell you right now that does not work. Tetris does not help you lose weight. I, no. I would be extremely thin if that was the case. And I, am not. <laughs> I think we would all be. That's so not a game for me. I have no patience for games like that. I love Tetris. <laughs> really you know, though, I'm, I'm sure it was like written I'm and sure and rubber like stamped it. with this. We're going to support women in gaming. I feel like the intentions were good. I, I do think that this author uh, maybe should have dug a little deeper. There's nothing wrong with liking casual games and, and playing casual games and mobile games. I like plenty of, of games that are both mobile and casual. But this list seemed to have no rhyme or reason. Right. And the tone in which it was presented was extremely condescending and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the guy who wants to date the Twitch streamer. Anybody who tells you that a gamer girl uh, with, with the air quotes is a unicorn, it's problematic. It's problematic. Uh, people are coming all shapes and sizes and love all kinds of things. And we need to stop putting people in boxes. People are, are human beings. Uh, they're not something that can be categorized by types. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, yeah. you create a list, you have to fill it out. I get there's a goal, um, mm-hmm. but maybe learn what you're talking about a little Do bit more. Do some research. Or, talk to or, people. Or present it differently and don't be, yeah. There's, there's nothing wrong with these games and there's nothing wrong with liking those games. It's just, it was presented in the wrong way. Yeah. You don't see lists. This is something out of, out of a, a couple of decades ago. You don't yes. see lists about like, hey, top 25 games guys like. No, yeah. no, you yeah. don't because the assumption is, you know, the assumption is that they are the norm. Guys like it. Yeah, exactly. All the games uh, are for guys. Any top twenty-five <laughs> games list are a list that guys would like, but girls they need a special list. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing I felt a little bit guilty about uh, with this article is that I might have done stuff like this ten, fifteen years ago myself. Even then, I wouldn't have pre- presented it in such an infantilizing way. You know what I mean? Okay. Even- infantilizing is the right word for it. Yeah. But on the flip mm-hmm. side, could you imagine if? It, it was reversed. It was like, oh, this is the top 10 games that men like. And they like this game because men like to smash people's heads. In. Yeah, and Duke Nukem, yeah. like, because they uh, like yeah. to We have to call them boys. <laughs> oh, okay. boys. Yes, when they're men, they're to be boys. fair, yes. Right, right. Uh, if we're girls, <laughs> and when they are boys. <laughs> yes. Uh, boys um, like to drive cars. They would like Forza. You know? you know, I had a moment like this with my nephew, who is... And I've been playing games with him since he was teeny, teeny, tiny. And he, suddenly it occurred to him that I was, I was a gamer. Like it just dawned on him. And he said, you're a gamer girl. I said, I am your aunt and I play video games. And he was like, but they don't exist, you know? And I was like, I, I am here. I, I've been playing with you since you were tiny you know, and it was just this, this, but you're, and then suddenly in a different category. And I think, you know, maybe the intent of the article was to, um, was to be supportive or to provide more content for women. But what it did was absolutely perpetuate all the stereotypes that we are only interested in diets and, um, and diamonds and dating. (laughs) 
the three Ds, I guess. I don't know. Those boring <laughs> subjects I hate to see, hear people talk about. Well, at least it was. And I hate it when I when I if I talk about it myself as well. Diets, my God. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it happens every once says, in a while. Diet is die with a T. <laughs> Shalene, uh, your, your take on this as far as E three tweeting it and popularizing it. I mean, where do you think should have known better? They should have known better. I feel like the only way this this thing happened was that whoever's running the E3 social account did not click through this article. They, I think they saw the title and they thought, oh, hey, here's a thing that shows that, that we like diversity in gaming. And I think they retweeted it without reading. Either that or their social media guy is incredibly out of touch. Yeah. Yeah. Before I read the article... I had, I was, you know, before I, I saw the thing, I thought, oh, this will be interesting. I had an assumption. I had a list of games that I was absolutely certain would be on this list. And I, I was going to, and I wrote these games down because these are the games that I've actually, all my fellow female gamers, I've heard gush about and go on about over the years. So I, even if they're games I haven't played personally myself, if I'm speaking about demographics and what I've heard, these are some of the games I expected to see on the list. Horizon Zero Dawn, Fallout 76. You guys love Fallout 76. And other Fallout games, Skyrim, Elder Scrolls. There's so much for everyone in those games, no matter what gender you are. And then, of course, the old classic, Minecraft, one of my loves. And now a game that I've heard often people talk about and rave about, Life is Strange. Mm, I love those games. Love Life is Strange. Yeah. Even though I don't like it myself because I've tried it and I didn't like the mechanics, I've heard women just gush and gush about this game so much. Dragon Age games. My favourite series. Because I know how popular that is with the female demographic. I don't mean to cut you off, but I just had a thought. Something that I feel like has a huge female audience that's often overlooked is Gears of War series. Loads of of ladies play Gears. I love the series as well. I have a few friends, everybody that I know in real life who plays games that is a, a, a woman plays Gears of War, like loves Gears of War. And I feel like that's something that people tend to, to think as, as a bro shooter. And there are some problematic, like, background stories about women as Oh, yes. Some of the Gears of War lore is a dang problem. (laughs) A dang problem. Yes. But, yeah, Yeah. no, they're good games, and you're right. Just like a list of any 25 games can be games guys play, a list of any 25 great games can be games dames play, you know? Exactly. (laughs) The Last of Us, from what I hear, it's an emotional ride. Is that correct? I've not played it. August just finished The Last of Us 2, and I ended up with a crying teenager in my lap with snot in my hair and all over the side of my neck because, you know, stuff that happens. So, yes, it's an emotional. That's a strong narrative, you know. Yeah. Anything with a strong narrative and a female protagonist or an inclusive story. If the story is inclusive, I'm there. You know, I'm sold. But if you start spinning a tale that, I have no place in or is hostile towards me and my entire gender. I'm not going to, not going to spend time there. I like myself. I don't hate myself. I wouldn't put myself through that. Um, and the last two I've got on my list is the classic uh, world of Warcraft and uh, breath of the wild. I mean, these are just some of the games I thought I'd see on that list and I did not. Final thought on it is women like games. Women are people. 
just that. Yeah. To kind of, I don't know, to play devil's advocate for a minute, it is good. It is a good thing to see the mainstream media covering video games as a normal thing and normalizing the fact that women are also people who play video games. Didn't appreciate the tone of this article, but I do hope that the backlash does not dissuade the mainstream media from delving into this kind of topic in the future. Because games are something that have grown more and more universal as time goes by, you know. This isn't, it's not a niche hobby anymore. It's just not. It's, it's high time that it was treated as something that's normal. It is good to see the mainstream media addressing it. I hope that the backlash against this doesn't, uh, I hope that the right lesson is learned. I hope that the lesson is learned to re- do your research, look at your tone, be careful with the message you're sending, yeah. and not the lesson of, oh, we can't talk about gaming. Well, ladies, uh, shall we roll on into our nerd culture segment? Uh, now, Sherry, uh, you have recently introduced the group chat to a, a new beauty YouTuber named Bailey Sarian, and I would like you to tell, tell us about her because I, I'm in love. I, I'm, I'm obsessed with this channel. Bailey Sarian, she's, her videos turn up on Facebook. I, I, another friend on Facebook had been posting her videos, and that's how I discovered her. She does these videos where she's applying her makeup. You know, it can take up to 28 to almost an hour's time to apply some makeup beautifully. And the reason why these videos are so compelling is that while she's applying these makeup, she speaks very well with a great, a very good storytelling skill that I admire so much. She tells stories of true crime. Mm-hmm. They're called makeup and murder or mystery, mm-hmm. sort of um, combo of those. So you can look her up, the combination of uh, makeup, murder, mystery. You will, she will come up because apparently she does it every Monday, almost every mm-hmm. Monday now, where she will tell a true crime story about a murder that happened. She'll tell all the background information of how it came about, what her even opinion on these things are as well. And it's, some of the stuff is so gruesome and, and heart-rending. And I, I remember one was so sad about a son who ended up murdering his parents, his, his entire family pretty much, murdering his whole family. It was just so bloody tragic. And she, she touches all, she also covers, you know, the famous serial killers and stuff like that, the whole stories. And then she's, she's got such, go, go and search it out. Her, her out. She's got a great backlog of all these stories. You will become addicted. Although I probably um, contain yourself maybe to one a day because it could get pretty uh-huh. intense. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> so many tales. It's like she's talking to you specifically. You know, oh, she yeah. does incredible research too. Yeah, faces beautifully expressive as she talks about it and responds to these things, which I, I really find very appealing as well mm-hmm. so. and she does have some ex- excellent makeup skills oh beautiful well. oh beautiful amazing she's an artist so yes i recommend looking her up and watching her videos of a murder mystery and mayhem <laughs> what makeup. else is on your nerd culture list sherry why have you been doing more than anything else the last month and a half <laughs> Oh, <laughs> sorry I'm, I'm not all here today this morning I have become obsessed, and we can blame Jen for this. She's created a monster. Sorry, guys. (laughs) I know I go on and on and on about it. 
I finally, a month ago, started watching Drag Race. Nice. Um, about the um, America's Best Drag Queen competition. And there's up to 12 seasons, and then there's also um, spin-offs in other countries and other stuff. So there's a lot to watch, and it, it's all on um, your streaming television. In Australia, we have a, a – it's, it's like Netflix, but it's called Stan. Mm-hmm. So we have a drag race shows are on that for the I don't know in other countries it's probably on Netflix or something. I'm just getting so sucked into, so wrapped up in these drag queens and and, and their journeys and just the competition and their artistry and their having to be an entertain a fully rounded entertainer and doing it in a competition and and meeting all the beats and all that sort of stuff the some of them are just so charismatic and amazing like um i have my favorite vanessa vanji mateo and um but there's it's created a meme online where there's this like drag queen call out called miss vanji and it's become this joke now that everyone um is in i mean i'm so glad she's got such a great big personality i think vanji's my favorite at this point I had to skip it through a few seasons because there's so much, but I'm now watching season 12, which is the 2020 season. It's a bit of controversy with that one. I had to put a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode. I won't give too much away. I won't say um, who won or anything like that. I don't even know yet. But um, So now I'm up to season 12. Is there an Australian-specific show? I mean, because I know there's the US show, and but you've talked about the Canadian show, European show. Is there one in Australia too? No. I heard there is going to be one, though. I heard a rumour that there will be. I'd be very curious about that. But I noticed when I was looking for in the catalogue of what's available to watch, there was the Drag Race UK, Drag Race Canada, and I also saw Drag Race Thailand. So you've well. got a good 20 seasons that you could hit, you know, <laughs> if you need to. <laughs> I don't think I'll watch all of those. No. It's really hard, though, because I don't want to be spoiled who, for who's winning. And if I get really curious about someone, I want to look them up. But Google always betrays me. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't look up anything on Google because then I might want to look up something random about some drag queen. But, and then it will suddenly tell me. You oh, get the and the winner yeah. of this yeah. season was, and I was like, "Oh, it's yeah, a fake bitch." <laughs> so yes, I recommend Drag Race. It was, it's, it, the show is just so much fun and um, cool beans, and it's been good hearing you and Jen talk about it too, because Jen funny. was also really into it. Yeah. Oh, the yeah, another drag queen I just love and adore is Jinx Monsoon as well. She's just so funny. So yes, Drag Race. One more thing that I watched last night um, while I was waiting for the Elder Scrolls Online service to come back up. And I watched the first episode of a documentary about video games called Press Start, which is it's limited series, just six episodes. Mm-hmm. So I watched the first episode of that and that was fascinating. Games, arcade games that were in America and the people who were made a business of putting those arcade games into places in America and places in America who wanted to make a business and put the machines and get the make a profit of all the coins that come out of the machines and stuff like that discovered one for instance discovered one of their games wasn't making the profit anymore that they were and they looked into it and said why is it making the much profit and this is where it got fascinating so these were um, university students at the time I guess programmers themselves and 
something. So, so they thought, let's make a kit to insert into the game that actually improves the games and makes it progressively harder so people will come back and play it more. So essentially they were, this really surprised me, they were modding an arcade game. We talked about Pac-Man as well. For instance, Pac-Man, the person, oh, I should have, sorry guys, um, my apologies, I should have looked up the name of the creator of Pac-Man. Very, very unprofessional. A, gen- a Japanese gentleman uh, who created Pac-Man, he decided to make Pac-Man because he wanted to make a game for women. And that blew my mind. I had no idea the demographic, original demographic for Pac-Man was women. And I just thought that was actually really thoughtful. Yeah, I'm, me. I'd be curious to see the the episode itself to understand the rationale behind that, like where it was coming from, not just the why, but also the why he, you know, specifically thought that would appeal. Yeah. Watch the show. It's interesting. What I platform thought, can you watch on? Oh, it was on Netflix. Okay. Yeah, it's a Netflix it series. Stuff. Yeah. I thought his reasoning was actually very thoughtful instead of... So it wasn't like, oh, we're going to make a game for women. Women like polka dots. Let's make a game with lots of polka dots. <laughs> yeah, well, women might like diamonds and frou-frou stuff. It was more um, something to do with pizza-inspired. <laughs> <laughs> women do like food. <laughs> yeah, Pac-Man is a pizza with a slice taken out. Anyway, that, so that's my recommendations for um, pop culture. Lovely. Thank you for sharing, Sherry. I've been reading a new book. I got a few chapters in earlier today before I took that epic nap. I've been reading To Sleep in a Sea of Stars by Christopher Paolini. He is the author of the Aragon series. Okay. Uh, and To Sleep in a Sea of Stars is, it couldn't possibly be more different than Aragon. Aragon, of course, is a high fantasy dragons, you know, dragons. elves, uh, all, all the expected things in a fantasy story. To Sleep in a Sea of Stars is science fiction, and it's, it's – uh, I wouldn't call it hard sci-fi, but it's definitely more firm than the sci-fi I usually read. Uh, there's a bit more science in there than what I typically do tackle. And it has uh, a protagonist named Kira. She is uh, a scientist doing research, you know, on, on some distant planets. And the beginning of this book was just, I, I'm, I haven't finished it. But I will say that I find this book incredibly compelling and I just want to burn through it. It's a good one. It is extremely well-written. Like this man's skills have grown exponentially since Aragon. But these characters feel like real people, you know? The world feels alive in a way that is very rare. And the opening of this book, things are going so well for Kira and she's so happy and her life is so good, and you just wait for the other shoe to drop because you know, you know that, (laughs) you know it's not going to be a book where everything is good and and the protagonist is happy. So it was just, I was on tenterhooks waiting to see where the story would go. Right. And it went, and it went again. And I I just feel like I can't predict what's going to happen. And I I read a lot. I read an awful lot, and I tend to be able to predict where a book is going. I usually know where a book is going within a couple of chapters, but I have no idea where this book is going. Is it a single novel or a series right now? Right now, it's a single novel. It is a massive novel. I saw (laughs) – I'm reading the Kindle version. 
but I saw a photo of, uh, of the paperback, like uh, advanced reader copy on Twitter. And this thing was a brick. It was like half the size of a cinder block in paperback. Like, oh, goodness. Massive, massive. Uh, so it's a long one. It releases in September. I actually uh, managed to, to snag an early review copy. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, it'll probably be out when the show is out. Um, <laughs> so the timing will be good there. Definitely grab yourself a copy of To Sleep in a Sea of Stars. Another thing I would just like to say about this book is that the language is beautiful. Prose is beautiful. I enjoy language and I enjoy people who use language in, in a way that is beyond, you know, ordinary conversation. And this is that, but not pretentious. Uh, I highly recommend this book. It's, it's really good. Sounds excellent. That sounds like a really good recommendation. Yeah, I love it so far. I do like it when the language of a book you read is just beautiful. Mm-hmm. You just like wallow in your love of words. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Just a well-written sentence, a well-constructed sentence. Is a yes. Very exciting it's a joy. Thing. It's a joy. I haven't been reading a whole lot when it comes to books lately, but I think you have, Sarah? Yeah, so um, I have been reading a lot of serious books lately. One of the last books that I read was Exodus by Leon Eris, and that's about the um, formation of the country of Israel. Mm-hmm. And the last chapter of that book had me ugly crying and because it was just an absolute emotional roller coaster. Back at the beginning of the year, I had put in a pre-order on a book. There's a book that I feel like if you like this particular genre, you've been waiting for years <laughs> for it to come out. <laughs> oh, really? So I put, the, I put the pre-order on Amazon, forgot about it. And then about two weeks ago, roughly... I came home and there was a package at my house and I opened it and I was like, <gasps> so Midnight Sun released by uh, Stephanie Meyer. I like how I go th- for this like really well known, uh, just very dramatic book to Twilight. But yes, Midnight <laughs> Sun has released. Y'all, I'm only, I'm not very far into it because like I said, I, Exodus was a bear of a book and it, it hurt me in ways that I, I can't even but no, I started reading uh, Midnight Sun and, you know, there's a pandemic going on and everything it wasn't the first time that I read Twilight, but, you know, probably the second or third time that I read Twilight in when H1 was going on. So mm-hmm. the nostalgia is real. Reading Twilight, I'm avoiding people because I don't want to, you know, get whatever germs that they have. And I'm listening to Misery Business by Paramore, you know, Paramore. I mean. <laughs> Next time you see me, I may have black, super straight hair. (laughs) No, it is so good. And you're getting Edward's perspective. And with Twilight, Edward and Bella were never my favorite characters. I thought they were bland. Um, I think we've talked about that before. Um, I feel like they were a vehicle to imagine yourself as a character. And Mm -hmm. that's great. And so where I'm at in the book, I don't want to give away too many spoilers, is... Edward constantly fantasizing about murdering Bella. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I can't wait to read this book. I can't wait to read this book. I'm so Um, excited. Like I said, I'm maybe 50 pages into it, maybe a hundred, but I highly recommend it. Like I said, it's everything I dreamed it would be. Yeah. I remember, I remember reading Twilight when it was still fairly new. Uh A coworker at a restaurant where I was working, another waitress, 
loaned me the Twilight books and I burned through them and uh, had to wait for the third one to release. And I remember uh, one of my cousins like writing me an email about how there was this, uh, the, this version from Edward's perspective and mm-hmm. that might release someday. And I remember feeling like that would be so cool. And I can't believe it's real now. Like 2020 is a heck of a year. Yeah. It's a wild year, guys. It's a yeah. wild year. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, I bought it and forgot that I bought it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I love Twilight. I don't think it's a great <laughs> literary. Oh, no. It doesn't have to be, you know, not everything has to be great literature to be something you enjoy spending your time with. We we talked about the list of games that women play. I hate lists of books that women should read by the time they're 40. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, there's some great books on those lists, but I don't, I read to escape. Mm -hmm. I don't read for political reasons or or anything like that i i read for myself the books that are on the list of, of books that you should read by the time that you're 40 are the books that interested you before you were 40 in my opinion the books that interested you before you were 40 i don't mm-hmm. want to read eat pray love or the, the other book about going on the hike i don't i don't want to read that mm-hmm. and if you get a spiritual awakening for reading those good for you mm-hmm. i want sparkly emo vampires. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally fine. It's totally fine. I definitely am uh, an unabashed Twilight book fan, and I I also read plenty of plenty of trash. Um, yeah, I, I do enjoy fine literature. I'm very well read, uh-huh. uh, but I like I like the occasional trashy romance or yeah. yes, I, I love. Um, silly books, lighthearted books. I like spy novels now and again. I like a nice uh, Tom Clancy, you know, those aren't the height of literature either. But I I feel like there's a place in the world for all of that. And we should stop having guilty pleasures and just enjoy our pleasures. Just having pleasures. I feel like you can take away something from any book that you read. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that's it for our nerd culture today. I I love talking about books and I'm very excited that we have the chance to talk about books and TV and and video games and all these things that we love. Gosh, I just, I'm sentimental all of a sudden, but I feel so lucky to have such a wonderful group of ladies to chat about these things with. So, well, you know, 2020 has been such a bear of the year. I'm on my fourth, no fifth read slash listen through of the help. Because that book makes me feel better about life. Mm, is that one of your comfort food things? It, it is. I love the book and the movie. Have you, I recommend reading the novel is great. I really recommend the audiobook of The Help. Mm-hmm. It's um, Olivia Spencer, who plays Minnie in the movie, also narrates Minnie in the book. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is absolutely wonderful. Highly recommend it. Cool. I may have to check that out. Uh, well, I think that's a show, ladies. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, let's go ahead and uh, before we leave, just remind everyone to please listen to some of our other great podcasts. Uh, Jess is on the Fallout feed every week, and uh, some of the other ladies on this show uh, make guest appearances there as well. And I host that Fallout show and Game Stack along with my friends Rick and Vendertron. And you can find Jess at United Wastelanders Network. Uh, the Twitter handle for that is U Wastelanders. Jess, do you want to give us the elevator pitch? Sure. That's, so that is our new network. We started in July. Basically, we are 
doing Twitch streaming with some people, former HOA, kind of focused on everything camp. But we want to do it as a very community network and bring as many people in as possible or provide a venue so that people can add over time. So we're taking the whole fake TV network idea we had the HOA and then being less strict about it. And mm -hmm. so each of the operatives, uh, people working with us, are kind of coming with their own show ideas. And that's what's making it a network more than it was before, whereas we're bringing all these perspectives. And some of us were jumping in and doing stuff together on these, and other times we're doing them separate. And then on Thursdays, uh, we're doing our camp showcases, which we're calling Everything Camp. And that's the whole cast together. And that's when we're kind of doing, you know, our stock and trade with my crew of just looking at people's camps, talking about uh, designing, building, and just having fun together. That is so wonderful. We're six weeks in at this point, and uh, it's been really, really fun. So, yeah, check us out. We are primarily on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash United Wastelanders Network. Uh, but once you add it, you can just follow us, and it's really easy to find us. <laughs> I think that sounds like the best way to do it. Go ahead and click that follow button at United Wastelanders Network. Mm -hmm. I really, I want to encourage Rick to ask you guys to check out his camp because his new camp is actually really good. I think you guys would love it. Uh, he's incorporated the existing rocks at WJLG Lake and created this, this sort of natural grotto with his house around it. It's really cool. It moved like three feet. It moved <laughs> very slightly. So, yeah. He's, he's, can make a lot of difference with the yeah. camp. Yeah, he moved it very slightly, but his new camp is is pretty cool. I was actually pretty impressed with his camp build. Oh, that's so, awesome. Well, we yeah. definitely do PC, so yeah, I will, I'm I will talk to him about gonna, that. I'm going to encourage him to, to show his off to you guys. And uh, our, our lovely Jen had to step out a bit early. She had another engagement, but definitely check out her work at ArtF76 on Twitter. That is a Twitter account that she runs with Howie and... Uh, they do art projects involving the community. You can submit different screenshots based on themes, mostly Fallout 76 oriented. Uh, now and again, they'll retweet something from a different game. But it is a wonderful art account. I, I love this account, ArtF76 on Twitter, and I encourage everyone to follow that. And also, uh, she has a new project that I'd like to point out to everyone. And you can find that on Twitter at Art by Panta, Art by P-A-N-T-A. And she has opened a Redbubble shop and a Society6 shop with some of her artwork, her original artwork. And it's wonderful. It's, it's just wonderful. Some of it's food themed. And uh, I, I bought a little, a little journal. I love notebooks. I, I adore notebooks. So I bought a little journal with a snack cake design that she made. I love it so much. Oh, that's great. Yeah. You can also get apparel and accessories and uh, all kinds of different things, home decor. Uh, there are some masks in the Society6 shop uh, if you want to jazz up your mask collection. And uh, I, I really, uh, I love her art. She's, she's an amazing artist. Definitely, definitely encourage you all to support her. Uh, you can find the links to her shops at that Twitter account, Art by Panta. And of course, we love your emails. We haven't had one for a couple of months, so please feel free to send us an email. Tell us some of your own gaming stories. Send us the books that you're reading, recipes for your favorite banana bread. You know, we're open to whatever. Dameswhogamepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, you can also find all of the dames on Twitter. The show account is dameswhogame. I am Shaleen L, S-H-A-L-I-N-E-L. Sherry is Sid on both Twitter and Instagram. That's F-O-X-S-Y-D. Sarah is Vossalsa, V-O-S-S-L-S-A. Jess is at Sleep is for Tea. 
Sleep is for the letter T. Jen is at Pantagruelia, P-A-N-T-A-G-R-U-E-L-I-A. And Sarah Saylor is at Sarah underscore Saylor, S-A-R underscore S-A-Y-L-O-R. We also have a Facebook page. It doesn't get uh, updated as much as it should because I'm lazy. But you can find that at facebook.com slash Game. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for listening and having us as a part of your lives. We will see you next time. Stay safe.